0: everybody to the show it's May 26th 2020 that's Rob that's Jordan I'm Ryan and we have a great show for you this week the Seahawks signed themselves some depth at running back we'll talk about who this year's Ryan Tannehill is and how far should you reach for someone that you truly believe in we hope you enjoy the show and if you'd like to follow us on Twitter the handle is at reality let's get into topic number one boys shall we
1: Yeah, let's do this. Let's do it. How's it going, guys?
2: Good, good, good.
0: So, Melvin Gordon, um, he's on a new team now this year, we know. And uh, he made a comment that the Chargers offense didn't play to his strengths. What do you guys make of that? Does that mean he's going to be even better?
2: I don't understand where, but when I first heard this, I was like puzzled because I don't know where he is coming from that didn't play from his strengths does this does this mean that he wants to be less used does it mean that he wants to be part of a timeshare with phil Lindsay there does it mean that um he wants the ball more does it mean that he wants to receive the ball more like he it's
1: was a put, weird it's a weird response
2: he was put he was he was one of the best elite running backs with the chargers averaging 4.9 yards per carry with Eckler behind him. So is the system to blame or did like, how do do you blame a system if you're doing well and you're successful? That's uh, that when I, when I first heard it, I was puzzled. I didn't really understand it.
1: I think that's the whole thing is I like, how do you take this? Is he saying, Hey, I can even be better. Or is he saying, Hey, why I broke down is because they didn't use me properly. So maybe he's hearing criticism about his injuries. Like it's a very kind of ambiguous comment that he made that leaves it open for interpretation, which is kind of what we're doing, but it's, it's hard. Like how better as a running back, what better of a situation could he have? He was the workhorse. He got, exactly got the goal lines. He got all the work When when he was healthy. He was the guy. Like, how can you say, it didn't work for me. He was producing. So it obviously did work for him. Uh, What was he averaging? Like almost five yards a carry. You know, he was efficient on scoring touchdowns. He was efficient on receiving the ball. Yeah. I don't get a
2: passing quarterback. Like that's what I don't understand where he's saying the system failed him. Whereas if if you're that good and he were, you were producing, how is that doing you wrong? Like I've read that he turned down bigger deals in order to go play the Chargers twice a year.
1: Okay. So what's different with the Chargers than Jordan?
2: Nothing, nothing at all. Like I I, I don't, I don't understand. Maybe he sees what Eckler did and he's sitting at home watching the ocean. And he's like, man, I, I could have been that guy. He should have maybe been that guy instead of sitting at home, relaxing and taking it easy. Whereas he goes to the Broncos and he's saying, you know what, I could have been that guy. That's the system that I wanted. But you have Philip Lindsay there. There's no way that they're not going to stop giving the ball to Philip Lindsay. The guy is a gem. He's not a three-down back. You have Royce Freeman there. Like you have a lot of competition in the backfield that is probably a better or a sorry, a harder competition for Gordon than you do when he was in uh with the Chargers
1: so I don't maybe I don't maybe he's just trying to maybe he's just trying to justify sitting out for a year
2: I think he's justifying saying why didn't they give me what they gave Eckler and I could have been that guy that system fits me that's why I went to the Broncos. I'm oh, going to face you twice. Was too. he
1: not? But was he not kind of like Eckler before? No, like he was given the same load. Was he Echler not? Eckler
2: was on third downs. Eckler was was a more of an offense. But I don't think he's he's not going anywhere. Where it's going to change? Philip Lindsay is still that guy. Every well, Lindsay's time gonna Phillip, get Lindsay's
1: going to get used for yeah, sure.
2: He's going to get twelve to fifteen uh, touches a game, and any at any moment he can he can you know take it to the house and. Philip Lindsay's health has never been in question. I mean, he hurt his wrist a couple of years ago. Gordon, you're one slip away from being in, uh, in an old age home. Like, I, don't, I, I don't, It's not that I don't like Gordon. It's not that I, I just don't understand his reasoning with saying it was the system. That's kind of a cop-out to me. As much of a Broncos fan that I am, I love that we got him. And it'll be an awesome one-two punch. For fantasy reasons, I don't love either one of them as much as I did going into the season but uh I think that they can complement each other just as well as what they did before. So for the Broncos, it's a great move. If he can do what he did with Eckler, it's a good move. Fantasy-wise, who knows what's going to happen week in week out.
1: Yeah, I I love Gordon this year. I just think I think the comments maybe just like you said a bit of a cop-out or a bit of a bit of an excuse to as why he was holding out or maybe because of why he had some injury issues in the past. It, it's a weird comment to make, but like you said, I think it's just a bit of a cop out like trying to justify the actions he's had in the past. He, he I I still, I love him. I would take him. I had, if I had some decent wide receivers, I'll take him as a running back one in fantasy this year.
2: Why would you say that it was the system that made you suck when you don't suck? Or why are you saying that? Like him turning on his old bosses, it's kind of like you saying that this job that I had was terrible. They didn't use me to full potential. But you were awesome what you did when you did it. So why not just, just say thanks, Chargers. Thanks for what you did. You're moving in a different direction. I'm going to go to the Broncos. I'm going to do the same thing. If not better, I'll see you twice a year, and I'm going to make you pay. Why say the, the system yeah. didn't fit me?
1: A bit of the, so. sa- the sour grapes thing I'm not a big fan of.
0: Yeah, to be fair to Melvin Gordon, I'm not sure that he was saying that he can't, uh, that he didn't like the system that the Chargers put out. I'm wondering if maybe it's just a preference of how he likes to play. Maybe he doesn't like going on those outside runs. Maybe he likes to keep everything inside. He wants to hit when the you're hole successful,
1: and go. Then why not? That's that's the weird part in the story. He was he was successful, he, he was successful with the way that you-
2: yeah. So it, it's it, it's mind-boggling, but hey, man.
0: If that's the case, though, if that's what he's wanting to be more of, just like a an inside hit the hole runner, um, does that does that maybe downgrade Philip Lindsay a little bit? Because that's kind of his role, isn't it?
1: To me, it it downgrades Melvin Gordon because I think that's what they tried to do with him in his rookie year, and he was not successful. Yeah. Like watching Gordon, where he got his fantasy production and real life production, was getting outside the little hitch runs uh, passes i mean um to me, that's where he had his success was getting outside the misdirections, the running up the middle was kind of like what they did a lot with him in season one, and to me it didn't work so i don't think I don't think it's gonna I don't think they're gonna get away from his strengths in Denver they're not dumb no
2: and i I'm not saying this as a as a, uh, I'm not disagreeing with Gordon. I'm not, I'm not bashing him. This isn't like saying that he's, he's wrong. I'm just saying that they're going to use him in a way. Whenever he's on the field, the defense has to think, We well, have a rookie or second year quarterback. You have Melvin Gordon on the field, which he's been successful doing what he's been doing. So when Melvin Gordon's on the field, you, you don't, he, and he can catch the ball. Philip Lindsay can catch the ball. If you have Philip Gordon on the field, or sorry, uh, <laughs> Melvin Gordon on the field, you you know he's gonna. It's potential. So Philip
1: Gordon would be so good.
2: Imagine the both of them to combined the hair on that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so Phillip and
1: Gordon. I don't. Think, yeah,
2: I don't think that Philip Lindsay's gone. Like that's that's. There's no way. There's no way no. Philip Lindsay's gone. Are, are
1: you still? Are you still taking Gordon as a running back? One Jordan or no?
2: Depends on my roster. I guess I would say I, I wouldn't be upset is. with it. I would rather wait on Philip Lindsay. So I think Philip Wins Philip Lindsay's going to be—he's uh, going to be that guy who, if they're down, they need—they need a spark. They need something. Royce Freeman, I know, I'm not going to take. I'll no. tell you that much. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: that roll that that Rolls Royce has rolled away. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's move on. Move on to our next news uh, headline here. The NFL is thinking of changing the onside kick to a fourth and fifteen conversion attempt. Now, well, not maybe maybe this
2: young hulk or whatever his name is.
0: Maybe this doesn't have yeah. many fantasy implications, but what young do you think hulk of it is, in general?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's cool. I do what I do like. I like that the NFL tries these things. Like so many of the other leagues are so afraid of being innovative that they kind of step on their own toes or tail or whatever. You know, the analogy I'm trying to make here. They don't, you know, they're afraid of trying something because they think it's not going to work. I love that the NFL will try some of these cool new rule changes every year. Go for it. I think it could be fun. Why not? I mean, onside kicks. What's the success rate on them? high and they're boring as hell. Okay. A fourth and fourth and fifteen could be an exciting play. So why not add it in?
2: Unless you can have a kicker who spins the top off of a Coke bottle. It doesn't you're not gonna get the ball back, especially for the new rules. This at least gives you some moment of like your butt cheek squeezed on the edge of a coat of a couch when you're like, man, are they gonna get up? Like this, this this is entertaining. This is gonna be and fun. It,
1: and it's like, more fantasy not? points for the fantasy players, right? It's another play for your you, – your big fantasy players are probably going to get the ball in those situations. So as a fantasy player, like you're saying, you could have the little you know, butt cheek squeeze when you need a, you know, 10 more yards a, or 15 more yards and a catch and you win the game. Yeah. I like it. Why not?
0: I like yeah, it. Yeah, and something that I couldn't find in the article. Now, it's saying that um, this would allow the team that is trailing in the game – a way to maintain possession after scoring by successfully converting from their own 25 yard line. And it could be done a maximum of twice per game. So you can only try it twice. But my question is like, I couldn't find it in the article. If on that fourth and 15, it goes to the house for another touchdown. Is that counted as a touchdown or is it just counted as a conversion? Because that is huge implications for fantasy.
1: I think it's a live ball. Because the success rate on a fourth and fifteen is going to be much higher than an onside kick, I would have to imagine. So there has to there has to be some consequences going the other way. So if you don't get it, yeah, if it's picked and goes to the house, that's six points going the other way. It's gotta gone. And
2: if if you get an onside kick, how many times are you catching the ball and running it for a touchdown?
1: Oh, you're laying down. It's always at the end of a game, and this is going to be probably at the end of the, when the game is out of reach, one way or the other. Anyway,
2: twice a game is pretty cool. At the end of a half, man. Like if 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 like that's that's not so bad. I like it.
1: If you're if you're down twenty one points, you go down. Score, try it, get it back. Score again. You can try it again and keep the ball and never let the offense touch it in three possessions in a row. Boom! You're you're never out of a game, which is and think
0: of the the momentum shift that that would create inside the game. Yeah, it's huge.
1: That's a very neat idea.
2: Bell Belichick kind of move.
1: But even like look at look at the difference it made the excitement it made them moving the the extra point back. There was more more two point conversions tried, way more missed extra points. Like it added excitement. That's that's what it's all about is excitement. So why not try these cool little things?
2: Kickers were cut. Kickers lost their job because the the, the extra point was moved back. Well, like, first of all,
1: learn to kick the ball that far. It's your job. Oh, no, that's all you life. do.
2: But I'm not a kicker, and I and I've said this from the beginning.
1: Are you? You're not.
2: No, I'm saying it's probably one of the hardest positions in all of sports, That in a relief pitcher. But anyway, the
1: pre- the pressure for sure. For, oh, jeez, yeah. can you imagine? For a goalie, a goalie in the NHL.
0: Third topic here. Um, third news headline: The Seahawks have added running back depth. By signing Carlos Hyde to a one year deal, uh, this could be interesting. It's not like they have a stud that is always healthy.
1: Mm -hmm. I like it. I mean, hey, it's not like they're guys, like you said, they're. I love Chris Carson, and I think Penny has the potential to be a stud as well. But the reality is, I've heard that about Penny for like (laughs) exactly the reality is, the dude. Does not stay healthy. His knee is pretty wrecked. Uh, I had Carson, a penny. <laughs> Carson has a broken had a broken hip, like that puts that puts grandma six feet under. Like that's a serious injury. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he, so Hyde had a great year last year. He's still not over the hill. He had what a thousand yards rushing last year. I think when everyone kind of had him buried, and you know, oh, that's he's going to be nothing in Houston, and then he ended up being a serviceable fantasy running back and reality running back for the Houston uh, Texans. So I like it for Seattle. He's their type of runner. He's Pete's type of runner. And uh, he's going to get his opportunity. Every running back gets their opportunity in Seattle. And uh, to me, he's going to be right there challenging. If Chris Carson's the guy, they love Carson. He's going to be the guy. But I don't think he can keep having those games where he's getting 28 carries a game like they were giving him last year, like, he just runs so hard, you know, he's kind of like James Conner in that way where they just, they play into the contact every play and those running backs just aren't made for longevity. And uh, Hyde's going to be a nice, a nice player there because he can do a bit of everything as well.
2: Yeah. I think that with uh, Hyde, it's not so much speaking of uh, Carson. Is he going to be the starting running back? I think he's going to like, obviously he, he Pete, Carol and him he's the starter that's his job to, is, he has no no uh, um risk of Carson losing the job. It's more I think it speaks volumes of Penny's health. They're not expecting him back so Penny's not Penny's not coming back anytime soon and Hyde kind of fits into that kind of uh role that they need is they can't feed the ball uh, to Carson as much as they did to your point, Robert. Um, but I think they need someone else to, to, to maybe step in once in a while and be like, yo, you can't, you can't handle this burden yourself. We gotta, we gotta get someone who can catch the ball on thirds down, third downs. I especially see him coming in and I see him, uh, even goal line a little bit where Carson as much as he was awesome, they just want that option out there because you know, when they got close to the red zone that they're going to Carson and you know, that. Uh, defense knew that and Hyde just gives them a different element. This is the same when uh, Houston brought him in last year with Miller. Miller was healthy when they brought him in. So Hyde did more last year than what he was supposed to do. And they thought they had Miller. So what he did last year, I think is just kind of a, a small sample size of what he could do if he was given the opportunity to go to Seattle and back up a good running back for Carson. They could swap him in when they need him. Carson can't can't keep doing what he's doing. And it's contract year for Carson, right? So either they run him to death and just keep pounding the ball with him, or they just kind of take it easy on him, hoping to resign him. But to me, it speaks volumes of how they feel how, uh, Penny is what he, what his health is like. If I have if I have Carson or if I know someone who has Carson in Dynasty. I'm trying to get him right now, like I think he's a steal right now. Where he's drafted, what he's going to do, and where they use him, the amount they use him, and even hide. if if someone's sleeping on him, yeah, whatever. I w- I would try to get him.
1: Definitely, if I had if I had Carson, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a guy that Pete Carroll can trust. If and when, unfortunately, Carson breaks down.
0: But I because don't think last
1: year, last year they just didn't have that. Like Homer, you know, they tried these other guys and they weren't guys that, that Pete Carroll could trust. They wanted a veteran guy that if crap hits the fan again and Carson goes down, like you said, this tells a lot about their faith in Penny. They have a veteran guy that Pete Carroll can trust. Um, Dallas isn't quite ready yet. The running back they drafted this year. I think he could be nice down the line, but they can't rely on him. They can't obviously rely on Penny. So this is a nice, reliable veteran guy that could get the job done and not totally submarine their season if Carson gets hurt.
2: To me, Penny's like or sorry, to me, Hyde's like the guy that it's it's like when you when you order a meal and like would you like to large size it? You don't have to large size it. You don't you don't need to get like a, an amazing dish. You just want something a little bit bigger, a little bit something that you know is gonna fill you. Penny. It's is not that big of a deal. Hyde, I think you know he's going to come in and he's going to fill you. Like so, when you large size something, you're like, yeah, I'm going to be full after this. Penny's not that guy. You could be disappointed. Couple fries here and there.
1: He's Hyde, your burger.
2: yeah, you're getting a, <laughs> you're getting legitimately full. I think that Hyde's going to be
1: a he's good per- for he's a, he perfect fit for their needs. Yeah, yeah.
0: I wonder if um, he could even have a role without an injury to Chris Carson. It was reported that uh, they were trying to get Devonte Freeman before they brought him in too. Freeman so me- asking
2: for too much money.
0: Yeah, but maybe they have, uh, you know, maybe a plan to, to get a different back in there on some passing down backs, uh, some passing down plays. Not that Carlos Hyde is the best pass catcher, but maybe just spell Chris Carson a little bit. And he might have some value even if Chris Carson is out there as the starter.
2: Exactly. Yeah,
1: Seattle, we know, we know Seattle is running the ball a lot. So yeah. their motto is you can never have enough running backs. They brought back Marshawn Lynch, for goodness sakes. Like they, Pete loves his veteran guys that he can trust. And I just, I think, you know what, he's got a nice stable of, of guys there now because they're going to run the ball, like you said, right? He, he could still touch the ball 10 times a game easily. Seattle runs the ball so much. So, yeah, he could have some standalone value. He's a perfect large size. Large size the Seattle <laughs> running
0: gate.
2: That's what it is. You know you're getting value. Super size me.
0: Yeah. A question for you guys. Who is this year's Ryan Tannehill?
1: Whew. There's a, actually a couple nice, nice options. I mean, Tannehill went into Tennessee, and I don't think – any of us expected what he ended up doing, not only for himself, but for some of the wide receivers there. Right. He turned that offense around. Um, AJ Brown started think... rocking exactly. Exactly. Um, the whole Tennessee I...
2: offense are rocking. Like, I think it was a shot in the arm. It was good.
1: So, a guy that I think could do that is Teddy Bridgewater this year going to wow. Carolina. I like um, that. He kind of bided his time with New Orleans, learned behind one of the greats in breeze i mean it's been a while for him but uh he was a pretty highly touted guy when he came in first two seasons with minnesota he was the starter he looked pretty decent right like for not having a crazy passing offense at that time he was average like around running or quarterback 20-ish those two years he started um obviously the devastating injury sidetracked him but even last year when he filled in for drew breeze he showed some potential he had a few big games. Uh, a couple couple kind of stinkers or fantasy stinkers. But I think he's six, seven games started. And for them he was he was like he was he showed he can still get it done. He's a mobile quarterback. He's not a running quarterback per se, like like Cam was with Carolina, but he's that big guy. He's still young, like 26, 27 years old. And he's going to me to an offense. Um, for instance, those two years in twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen, he's a starter his big thing was his touchdowns. He had 14 touchdowns each of those years. He's going to dump off to Christian McCaffrey and there's get 10 touchdowns right there, 10 touchdowns with three yard passes. And you've got DJ Moore, the offense that they have there. I think Teddy Bridgewater could be a nice fit. Like I say, he's more, he's mobile. Uh, He can get the ball out and he's got the weapons where I think, you know what? He could be one of those guys that kind of steps into a new situation and becomes fantasy relevant again.
2: Yeah, I don't agree. I don't disagree with you with uh, Bridgewater. I think it it's just just a matter of if he's going to be able to start, how good he's ready to go. And you when you have any um, Christian McCaffrey on your team, you're getting points no matter exactly. what. Uh, exactly. So he's going to be, you know, he may do a little dump off. McCaffrey and he's got DJ Moll. he's got a good he's got a good uh supporting yeah, cast.
1: Samuel there he's yep. he's got the weapons he just has to get the ball in their hands which yeah. I I think he can do
2: um just a flyer out there um if Tyrod Taylor is the starter for the Chargers I think he can kind of be a, a fantasy relevant quarterback I don't see bad things for this guy. I think that what's going to happen is he, he's going to make this team win, and it's going to be through his legs. It's going to be through um, just manipulating the defenses. He's not—he's not a a rookie per se. I think he's going to uh, do what he has to do to win and manipulate the offense to a way that he may throw for like two, three hundred yards, a couple of touchdowns. Um, with Eckler there, same thing as Christian McCaffrey. I think he's going to dump it off a lot. I think he'll do well. Uh, another guy I really like is Nick Foles. If he can take over that Chicago Bears offense and they let him loose a little bit, um, the weapons that he has around him with Allen Robinson, Miller, and, and, and even Montgomery, I think they, they could make that – a Chicago offense, something special that can at least compete this year and put up high-scoring games, as opposed to just relying upon their defense.
1: And, and or, Foles has shown he's done it in the past, right? He can do. He can get the job done. I, w- yeah.
0: I was just going to say, Nick Foles was the Ryan Tannehill before Ryan Tannehill when he came in. That's
1: right. That's
2: right. So if they can utilize him in a way that they that sees fit to his game. Um, I think that he's gonna put up some pretty good numbers. Like you can't deny the fact that he's not a better quarterback than uh, t- um Trubisky. Like no one would ever argue that fact. He he's he's a proven winner. He's a good player, and perhaps that he can he can take over that role and just keep even Cohen. Cohen dropped off the the radar last year. Like he went from like a top thirty running back in PPR
1: uh
2: leagues to nothing last year he was droppable now he could have he could have some value they used if they learned to utilize uh uh foals in a way that they they could and have a good throwing quarterback to alan robinson who's elite like to me he's a he's a insane wide receiver miller you got there you got the he, you just got to do better than what you did before. And I think Chicago's, I think Chicago could have a, a chance. Yeah. Making so,
1: some other guys too, to me, keep in mind more, probably deeper leagues, maybe uh super flex leagues, but a guy like Kyle Allen going into Washington, Haskins has proven nothing. Yep. Kyle Allen had some monster games last year, like legit. You want to start this guy. Kyle Allen could take over in Washington. Um, does, do they really trust Jimmy G in San Francisco? I mean, who knows? Again, this is deep stuff, but like super flex leagues. Don't be afraid to pick up a guy like Nick Mullins, um, Hoyer in, in new England. These are guys that could come out of nowhere. They're not the same as the Bridgewater, Tyrod Taylor, Fools, obviously Phillip Rivers type guys, but in certain leagues, those are dudes you might want to keep your eyes on. That could come out of nowhere and provide a little bit of a uh, little bit of fantasy. In
0: in all point. fairness, last year nobody was drafting Ryan Tannehill, man. So those okay. guys those guys might be a better comparable uh, than the higher up guys. And even Mariota, like, does exactly.
2: Car have? I, a, I like that. Does Carr have his job solidified in Vegas? Like, if Carr keeps doing what he's doing with the, with the talent that they've built around him.
1: How long before they give Mariota a try? Why not? Yep.
2: You know? I agree. agree. I think that he, 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 ha, he has the arm. Like, he's a good quarterback.
0: I think so, they just got to straighten out his, his headspace. He seemed to have uh, lost a little bit of passion for the game, maybe. I don't know.
2: And just another quarterback that maybe just throw out there quickly is uh, Minshew. Uh, he's put in the work. This is going to be his first year as being the starter. Like, they brought in Foles. They, they brought in uh, just to give a little bit of competition. But now they know this is, your, this is your gig, dude. Like, run with it. And I think he's the guy that, that is going to make wide – like, uh, Chark and Chanel And all, I, they brought in Eifert. I think he's going to have a good year. That could surprise. Jacksonville has an easy schedule. And if he can just, you know, keep it, keep it strong – Minchu's going to be a nice, a nice pick, value
0: pick. Perfect. I like all those guys. Nice discussion. Let's move into our last question here, guys. How far would you reach if we're talking about a redraft league? You have a guy that you believe in 100%. How far would you reach to draft that player before everyone else in your league?
1: It's a tough question. I don't know. I, it's so dependent on the draft, uh, how you're building your team, what your strategy is. Everybody's different, right? Uh, you, are you going no no RB? But I think in general, if you're picking, say, one, and you're waiting on the snake to come to the other end, and you have picks 10 and 11 in a 10-team lead, obviously, and there's somebody you really like, and you don't pick again for 18, 20 picks, I see no problem picking a guy higher than... Than where his ADP is. ADP means nothing the second the draft is over. And the second the second the whistle blows on game one of the season, ADP is out the window. So you have to kind of go by your own gut. If there's somebody you like and you're picking them two rounds higher, I mean, I personally would try to make a trade first, but if you can't, get the guy you want. If Austin Eckler's still sitting there or Kelvin Ridley's still sitting there. And, yeah, his ADP says, oh, I shouldn't take him until round six. And you're sitting there at the, the start of round four. Take him, you know what I mean, or end of round three. Like, you, you take the guy you want because there's going to be nothing worse than kicking yourself all season long when you see that player on some other's team, somebody else's team, and you look back at your draft board and look at the guy you actually picked, and just because he was ranked higher, even though you didn't have a good gut feeling about him, there's nothing worse been looking back on the draft and being like, oh my goodness, I picked that guy over Kenny G. Like, what was I thinking? Go with your gut. That's what I say.
2: There's no, especially when it comes to rookies. I think this is key when it comes to rookies or uh, quarterbacks, where everyone says, wait on a quarterback. But if you're picking, especially in the turn, where you know that you're at that point where it's like, man, I, I can get him a Mahomes, I can get a Lamar Jackson. I've already built up a good uh, solid base. Do I really want to live with like a Deshaun Watson with um, unknowns coming up with his season or do I want to wait or even tight ends? Do I want to take a Kelsey or do I wait on the Andrews or uh, even a Ertz or someone like that? or Hooper, like it's it's, you have to know your league, and if you know your league and you know the guys that you're you're drafting with, it it's it's a difficult line to cross. When did you take him too early or you take him too late? And in the end of it, it doesn't matter. It you it it. It doesn't matter if you're outscoring everyone at the end of the week and you're winning and you're five and one, six and one, eight and one, 12 and one, 12 and two. It doesn't matter if you're winning, it doesn't matter where you drafted these guys because A, you feel good about your team and B, you got the guys that you wanted. It doesn't matter if you took um, Miles Sanders early or you took Montgomery early or, or you, anyone you took early. If you feel good about your team after draft and you sit back and you look at your lineup and you're like, man, I like this. It doesn't matter where you drafted them. If you feel good about it, there's nothing better. I would rather feel good about my team and, you know, have a subpar season but make the playoffs. Then look at my team and be like, man, this sucks. How many
1: times have you looked at those – Looked at those stupid like after-draft reports and the guy that has the worst rating halfway through the years leading the league. Yeah. That's why I I say ADP. I mean, you
2: can only... Preseason says so much. Um, All of us are just estimating at this point in time. No one really knows. It's just you put yourself in the best situation to build your team to the best that you think will make it successful. It doesn't matter what everyone thinks. It doesn't matter what's professionals, what professionals, uh, what you've read. You build your team on what you want. And if you go wide receiver heavy, you go running back heavy, you go quarterback first, you go quarterback last, you just do what you think you got to do to make it the best that you can.
1: Don't go quarterback last. I've tried that strategy many times.
2: <laughs> True true <laughs>
1: it's awful
2: it's like going on that walk you are like i'm just gonna go <laughs> get ice cream
1: and then you realize it's like half
2: hour away and you're like oh man i gotta walk all the way back with ice cream for my friend yeah you, you just want to be yeah it, it, it's
1: the best feeling is having before. the guys you want to watch right it's about yeah. fun so you want the guys you want to watch yeah yeah exactly
0: that's awesome guys i appreciate the discussion that's a great discussion uh for the listeners this week if you're still with us at this point of the show hopefully you've enjoyed what we've put together if that's the case please consider sharing rating and subscribing to the podcast uh, we'll be back next tuesday with another episode so thank you guys i appreciate it thanks
1: boys that was fun appreciate it See, everyone. That awesome. See everyone next week that was fun till next tuesday boys